If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for October 7th, 2012. And today, kind of a usual study, be going to be covering a variety of different different topics here and kind of segueing really mostly into a teaching on a lot of the things they're trying to do to take us out from a physical standpoint, from a health standpoint. Uh, and we're going to be looking at the various different ways, not concentrated on one any particular area, but many of the different ways that they are trying to destroy us for lack of knowledge. And the Bible talks about not being ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us. 2 Corinthians 2.14. And so this is what we're going to be looking at today again. And just a lot of the information I've covered in part in previous teachings, but there's updates you know, to a lot of the things that we've actually went over. So the first article which is really the, I think, the only one that's going to kind of veer, actually it really doesn't veer from the health aspect of it, because it's entitled FEMA to mobilize for mass fatality planning, uh, federal emergency management, okay, which is when we're talking about FEMA, yoked up with Homeland Security, and um, the United States Congress has passed a bill which mandates the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, to prepare for mass fatality planning. This just happened. And funeral homes, cemeteries, and mortuaries being overwhelmed in the aftermath of a mass terror attack, natural disasters, and other crises. Now, everywhere you look in the news, if you're looking at any kind of alternative source, you're going to see that you've got all these different, uh, particularly FEMA and Homeland Security, gearing up for something really, really big. Uh, All of the bullets that various uh, governmental agencies have have ordered, Homeland Security probably being at the very top of the list, millions and millions and millions of rounds of high-quality, sometimes 40-caliber, hollow point, I mean, the best rounds to do inflict the most bodily damage. These are not rounds that you're going to go used for target practice. It would be insane. These are rounds that you're going to use on human beings, essentially. And think about it. Department of Homeland Security. This isn't for some foreign, faraway war. These are bullets they're buying to deal with some type of national uh, threat, that whatever they perceive to be a threat in the very near future. And they keep making these I haven't even been covering them all, but all of these different um, ammunition purchases as of late. They also bought this match grade three hundred eight sniper rounds, finest sniper round that you can buy. They bought, you know, I don't know how many of those recently as well. So they're gearing up for something really, really big, and that has to be some type of of enemy, what they perceive as an enemy on our own soil, and. Um, then you have you look at the Russian troops on our soil and the Chinese troops and the different troops and um, it's rather a uh, a very foreboding picture of things to come in the United States. Now the Lord Jesus Christ, none of this is going to take him by surprise. This isn't going to uh, 
surprise him in any way, shape, or form. And he's perfectly capable of protecting his remnant. And I believe that he will do that. And I'm not saying they're not going to be people that won't be martyred and these types of things. But we also need to have the faith to believe that the Lord Jesus Christ can protect us. And through that, his name will be glorified. And through that, many people will be led to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's, he's got us here for a reason. <laughs> okay? So, none of this is going to surprise him. And we're not here by accident. None of us. So, I don't care how bleak it looks. The Lord Jesus Christ, Father God, is still greater than any one particular situation that may be on the horizon or present itself to be. So, it doesn't matter if they've got a gazillion rounds of ammo and nuclear armament aimed at every one of us. That's To me, that's irrelevant because the Lord Jesus Christ is still greater. And he created the universe. Okay, top that. <laughs> Can't be done. You know, so I don't care how many bullets, or bu that's whatever, you know. Um, but I'm also here to warn and so that we can prepare and pray about these particular things that, that are on the horizon here. So the bill, which is H.R. 6566, or also known as the Mass Fatality Planning and Religious Considerations Act, was posted on GovTrack.us website this morning. There's a link to it if you'd like to see it having been approved by the House on September 28th. The legislation amends the Homeland Security Act of 2002 to direct FEMA to, quote, provide guidance and coordination for mass fatality planning and for other purposes. Noting the necessity for emergency preparedness in relation to terror attacks, natural disasters, and man-made disasters, the bill instructs FEMA to be sensitive to the fact that Jews and Muslims... <laughs> require bodies to be buried within 48 hours of death. It goes on to say, funeral home, quote, funeral homes, cemeteries, and mortuaries could be overwhelmed should mass fatalities arise from a natural disaster, act of terrorism, or other man-made disaster, uh, states the legislation. So, again, everywhere you look, they're gearing up big time for something. And, um, obviously, there's got to be some type of in-game agenda behind all that. Next article, FDA approves the sale of pills, medications, with RFID microchips in them. So now we can all go kind of get, you know, the precursor to the mark of the beast here and get our, uh, our meds microchip equipped. And, you know, what's not to like about that? Now, how the pill works, and there's a picture of one of these pills here, and it's literally, the, I mean, you can see the microchip on the outside of the pill. Okay, and the patient takes the pill, which has been modified to contain an edible microchip. I mean, microchips are good. They're good with gravy, a little ketchup, maybe mustard. You know, it depends how you like your microchips. Anyway, and then two, after the pill is swallowed, the chip is activated by stomach fluids, sending a signal to a patch on the arm. So you got another patch on your arm that's, that's connected uh, from a transmitter standpoint to a patch on your arm. And then... The patch contains a receiver which de decodes the data about the drug, which then, the fourth step, the receiver transmits the information to your mobile smartphone, telling the patient when the next dose is due and provides other health data. Isn't that special? Now, I've talked before about the, and, and the Avion Flu presentation I did about the potential for injectable nanorobots. 
and how they can actually inject these nanorobots into the body, and they act. They supposedly will only you know do good, but they could literally be little uh, things to kill you, essentially. And obviously, they could incorporate that type of technology into this very easily as well. So, Big Brother, and now this on to the actual main article. Big Brother is watching. RFID microchip pills have now come to the United States. The beginning and end, which is this ministry, covered the United Kingdom approving prescription pills that contain RFID microchips. Now the United States Food and Drug Administration has approved similar uh, ingestible RFID microchip medicine for use in the U.S. The food, the FDA has approved an ingestible digital sensor that can track physical health and the assertion that patients are not taking their medication regularly. So, in other words, it's the ultimate big brother tool. Oh, you're not taking your your uh, medication regularly? Well, we're going to have to send out the, the armed SWAT team because you better get in line, slave, and you better take your medication regularly. Um, and also needs a tracking device inside their body to assist them in their medical care. Oh, see, we all need tracking devices inside our body because... Our bodies are so stupid and idiotic, they can't possibly ever figure anything out, even though your body's performing thousands of functions as I speak on its own without the help or intervention of any medication. You see, you cannot drug your body into good health. It is impossible. You can get dependent on them and have to rely on a drug, okay, but you can't drug your body into good health. All drugs have side effects. All drugs are controlled poisons. If you don't believe me, just take the whole bottle and see what happens. You take a whole bottle of whole food supplements, literally dry from food, at worst you might get diarrhea. It's not going to kill you. That's the difference between God's way and man's way. Now, I'm not saying emergency medicine to save a life is a bad thing. And I understand there's exceptions to every rule, okay, regarding meds, okay. But I'm, I'm talking about they should be the last resort, not the first, which is what typically you, you see. And then the meds create side effects. You've got to take more meds to counteract those side effects, which creates more liver toxicity, more colon toxicity, more kidney, you know, damage, these types of things, all by design, until then you finally become the surgical candidate that they wanted you to be in the very beginning. Then they get to cut you open and really make the big bucks. It's all by design. It's a for-profit industry, publicly traded on the stock exchange, and that is why they're there, to make money. They have no... They have no financial interest in finding a cure for anything. You ever notice how never a cure never ever happens in the medical industry for any disease? Ever? <laughs> ever notice that? And there's so many cures for you name it. Cancer, whatever, whatever. Heart disease, two, two big ones right there. Those are easily curable conditions, but you can't wait until the last minute either. You can't undo a lifetime of damage through ingesting the wrong things, eating the wrong things, drinking the wrong things, doing the wrong things to your body, and expect it to be able to reverse it overnight. But we're brought up in a totally messed up paradigm way of thinking where eat, drink, do whatever you want. It has no bearing on your health. Oh, and when this disease pops up, I, just, I guess it just happened by chance. There was really no cause and effect. You just had bad genetics. 
They love to blame it just on that. So that way it takes you out off the hook. And then you can go to the MD and rely on him for the drugs and the surgery, you know, to get you the rest of the way. That's the way it works. It's not health care. It's disease propagation care. They want to propagate the disease. Yeah, it's better for them if they don't kill you all at once because then they can't make that money along the way. You know, the pharmaceutical companies going all the way back to IG Farben, which we'll talk about later, they're the ones that started. They're the ones that originally funded the modern day medical um, hospitals and the colleges where these doctors got trained and they, they learned that every disease they didn't learn about what the what caused the actual disease. They just learned what drug to prescribe when a particular disease popped up to mask the symptoms. That's what drugs typically do. They mask symptoms. If we treated our bodies, uh, if we treated our car the same way we treat our bodies, here's what we would do in, in the drug paradigm. When you drive down the road and you see the oil light come on your car, if we treated our bodies the way, or if we treated our cars the same way we treat our bodies, what we would do is we would take a black magic marker and black out the warning light and just keep driving until whatever happened happened. That's what drugs typically do. They mask symptoms and they actually create more problems along the way because they all have side effects and produce liver toxicity and those types of things. And so many of these drugs have the most horrific ingredients in them. And then you get into the vein of vaccines, which we'll talk about today. And they're just trying to kill us so many different ways and dumb us down and destroy us, body, soul, and spirit. It's just, it makes your head spin. It's unbelievable. All of this is satanic. Again, I'm not saying emergency medicine to save a life is a bad thing. But when you rely on the medical society and the pharmaceutical industry to try to derive health from that industry. It can't, they can't give you something that it cannot provide. You can't drug your body into good health. It's not the way God intended it, that's for sure. Where's the Prozac plant in nature? Oh, the one that has the... Uh, you know what the dominant ingredient pro- Prozac is? Sodium fluoride. Which is, you know, rat poison. Well, isn't that what they put in the... The water in the toothpaste, yeah, yeah. Look at your toothpaste. It says if you ingest more than a, more than you would normally uh, use when you're brushing your teeth, call poison control. It's a poison, and we're going to talk about that length later. So, not at length, but we're going to cover it. I know I've covered it in the past, but you know I keep giving more information about the stuff. I'm just trying to make it so obviously plainly clear to you what's going on here. The agenda afoot by old split foot himself, Satan. This is all a carefully crafted agenda to kill you. He knows we're body, soul, and spirit. Okay, Most people he's got already, they're not saved. They're in his kingdom. He still wants to kill them. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Okay. We're created in God's image, so he wants to take as many of us out as possible, just for the fun of it, in his case, Satan, from a satanic standpoint. And the remnant, if he can take us out any particular way, it doesn't really matter to him which way it is. If it's physically, great. You're only as strong as the weakest link in your chain. Take us out that way. We're going to be ineffective for the Lord. We're going to maybe live 20 years less than we would have normally lived, possibly. Um, We are going to have you know, ten times less energy than we might have normally had, therefore we're not going to do near as much for God. 
You understand <laughs> the whole agenda here? This is what it's it's that simple. It really is. I try to make things simple. Uh, hopefully, we've done that. But anyway, so going further, Proteus Digital Health released the ingestion event marker, which I guess is this chip, which was first approved in Europe. George Savage, co-founder and chief medical officer at PDH, which is the Proteus Digital Health, claims that this ushers in a new era of digital medicine that shifts the paradigm. The IEM, which is the chip, as small as a grain of sand, can be embedded in a pill and ingested to monitor the patient and their bodily health. The device will collect measurements such as heart rate, body position, and activity. I mean, it's like you've got this little devil computer inside you. I mean, what's not to like about that? The IEM sends a signal to your smartphone, which then transmits the data to your doctor. Oh, good. Why don't why not just have it go to right to Big Brother? It probably does anyway. Talk about them knowing every single thing about you. Actual real time data about your biological makeup can be uploaded wirelessly. <laughs> this is uh, again the mark of the beast is going to have all of this technology and way more. And they'll probably be able to kill you remotely with the Mark of the Beast. You get out of line, okay, you die. The RFID chip in the pill is being offered to help patients be more efficient with their medicine. Oh boy, isn't that wonderful that they care so much? The beginning and the end, which is this ministry, has detailed society is becoming more and more indoctrinated into acceptance, use, and desire of RFID microchips as a regular part of life. All the while, the dangers of the intrusion into one's privacy are not taken into account as serious issues. Even those in favor of the RFID pill openly acknowledge the privacy issues involved. Uh, Eric Topol, uh, director of Scripps Translational Science Institute in La Jolla, uh, California, says about half of all people don't take medications like they're supposed to. This device could be a solution to that problem. Oh, boy. Again, Big Brother looking out for us. So that doctors can know when to rev up a patient's medication adherence. And then he goes on to say, it's like Big Brother watching you take your medicine. Isn't that special? If that's not a hallmark moment, I don't know what is. So, I'm going to go back to this, this statement. So that doctors can know when to rev up a patient's medication adherence. Why do patients, why do these medications typically always have to be revved up at some point? Because you only have a limited amount of receptors to a given drug. When those receptors are filled up or desensitized, because that happens over time, you either have to increase the dosage or you have to take a different medication or maybe add another medication in in order to get the same effect. That's why drug users, they start out with a little bit of cocaine and then they go and if they keep doing it, or a little bit of heroin and they got to take more and more and more to get the same effect because they're, they're, they're filling up their receptors. And once these receptors are like that, then they have to take increasing dosages in order to get the same effect, which has a more and more horrifically detrimental effect to your body. So, now Big Brother will have a person's full medical profile, current health status, and location of, and a location stored on a computer network, tracked in real time. Again, what's not the like about that? Where do I sign up? I'm going to start, I'm going to lobby for my um, vitamin companies to start putting microchips in maybe their 
I kind of want to get on board, you know. I want to, you know, you know, one for the home team type of, win one for the home team type of thing and kind of be up with the pharmaceutical people on their level. Just kidding. Anyway, the Bible prophesies that in the final years, also known as the Great Tribulation, almost the entire world will be using a system that will track every citizen all over the planet. Uh, Revelation 13, 16 through 18. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. And his number is 603 score and 6, or 666. Okay? So, this is obviously, the, the technology is totally available. Whereas any other time in history, since the time Revelation was written, obviously we didn't have this type of technology. But we have it today, and it's, uh, again, they only reveal to us, as far as what they've really got, you know, typically we have about, what, 20, 30 years behind what they've actually really got as far as te- technological advances go. So this technology is, is already here. It's just waiting in the wings in order to be implemented. So the mark of the beast will be the ultimate societal control mechanism. And it will be, and it will all be controlled and administered via a mark in the right hand or forehead. Without one, a person will not be able to buy or sell any goods since it tracks everyone's finances and would obviously require knowing and identifying every individual in order to properly debit their bank accounts. The ease of purchasing uh, and no longer carrying cash, credit cards, or even worrying about PIN numbers will surely be seen as a benefit of the system. But the mark, as we will discuss in and there's a link to their article, The Mark of the Beast, Humanity's Ultimate Choice, will represent the ultimate rebellion against God. It will be a sign of full allegiance to the Antichrist, Satan's false messiah, and a worship of him. And I, now, I, give, I post my teachings I've done on The Mark of the Beast here. I believe it's going to be some type of, possibly some type of holographic tattoo in combination with a microchip. So the microchip will be able to do all of the functions that we had talked about earlier, just in like this ingestible one, except way more. And the actual holographic tattoo, and they've got tattoos now that can do stuff that you can't even imagine, uh, will be connected to the actual microchip and will also be the, the visible mark where somebody could be able to look at somebody and say, okay, you've either got the mark of the beast, it's on your right hand or your forehead, or you don't. And if you don't, you're a bad guy. Okay, so it will be the ultimate visual, you know, tool as well to identify the follower of Satan. Um, The sad aspect of this prophecy is that people of the world at that time who do not have... um, faith in in Jesus Christ as their Savior, will be deceived in wanting this technology and embracing the Antichrist as the Son of God. Now, again, this really heavily ties into, and you hear me quote this verse a lot, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, you read the whole chapter, but it's about the falling away of the church and the revealing of the wicked one, capital W, the Antichrist. Okay? It's firmly about this exact time frame we're talking about. And then near the end of the chapter, it says, And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned, who receive not the love of the truth, 
but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, what is the res- ultimate result of that rece- not receiving the love of the truth and having pleasure in unrighteousness? What is the ultimate sign of that in that time period? It's the taking of the mark of the beast. That's, that's the ultimate end game. Because once you take that, it's done. It's over. You can't be saved, according to the Bible. It's over. So, that's the strong delusion that I believe God is sending even now, because I see it everywhere we look. But it's going to get worse. As things get more wicked and evil, that strong delusion is going to get stronger and stronger as well. And it's going to be more and more apparent who is a... Who's serving Satan and who's serving God? I, I believe that that uh, line in the sand is going to you're going to have to you're going to have to choose your sides, and it's going to be obvious at some point. You know, right now <laughs> with all the lukewarm Christians and, and and these types of things going to five hundred one c three corporate institutions. Now I'm not saying everyone and, and every person going to there is, is is whatever. I'm I'm saying, but for the most part, you're dealing with a lukewarm. Christian population, I know particularly in America. And so, right now, that's a harder thing to, to, to uh, know for sure. Whereas then, I think it's going to become much more apparent. And then it's going to get to the point where you either have the mark of the beast or, you know, you don't. And the obvious risk of not having that is being beheaded, but, you know, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, either way, you know, you win. So, going further. I mean, either way, if you're a Christian, if you if you stay here, God can protect you. If you're beheaded, absent from the body, be present with the Lord. So, that's what I meant by that. Anyway, going further. Um, and Satan has been laying the groundwork to have the world receive his evil, false Christ subtly and steadily. Now, there's a little video here that I'm going to play. And this talks about this microchip. And I love these cartoon videos they've got now with all the med commercials. Because it diffuses you. It's like, oh, it's a cartoon. It's like Mickey Mouse and Daffy Duck and and Pluto and Goofy. You know, it's a cartoon. It can't be bad if it's a cartoon. So it has this this MD and this lady sitting in a chair here. And this is is from Proteus Digital Health. This is straight from their their thing. And they're going to tell us how wonderful this chip is. And what a good thing it is. I'm just going to roll this only a minute and 20 here. Your health rests on your shoulders. And that can be serious, confusing, and a little scary. With Proteus, you can take charge again. Because our tools are powered by you. So we can only take charge of our health through medical intervention and drugs and now microchips. This is the delusional state of mind that the Antichrist system is trying to bring us into. The sensor, patch, and phone work together to help you keep on top of your health. Our system starts with a tiny sensor that goes in your medicine. Remember how a potato battery works? Two metals and a wet potato can power a light bulb. The sensor works the same way. I actually have a huge potato outside my window right here, and we power a whole house with it. I mean, so I know all about potato batteries. I mean, come on. Way. Two metals generate power when they get wet in your stomach. So it's literally powered by you. The patch, which you wear on your skin, knows when you've ingested your sensor-enabled medicine and also captures your activity and rest patterns. 
Then it relays that information to your phone, where our application connects you to your support network, enabling you to share only what you want them to know. So your network... <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what they tell you. It's only what you want them to know. Give me a break. It's also powered by you. Proteus Digital Health. Your tools. Your network. And most of all, your health. And your all death. powered by you. Isn't that wonderful? And they've got little butterflies flying around her at the end. And she's out there gardening. Finally able to, to do what she needs to because she's got that microchip inside her. Constantly communicating with her MD and telling them exactly what type of prescription compliance needs to happen moment by moment. I mean, what's not the like? So let's go to the next article, which is kind of along these same lines. Now, I give you the three teachings I've done on the Mark of the Beast. They're, you know, I haven't done any more because I, I really haven't seen anything that... And these are from 07, all three of them. But... One of them is the real ID, the implantable microchip and the mark of the beast. Then is the national ID and the mark of the beast and the hexagram, the mark of the beast and the Hebrew roots connection, which actually is one that probably is most dedicated to that particular subject. Um, so if you like to, you can click on those and, and hear those particular teachings. Now, next article related kind of to this is the new Nestle We Will Find You Big Brother campaign. You heard about this? In a new campaign, Big Brother, in grand fashion, has divined, has devised a game for the children of our world to become fascinated with being tracked, hunted, and then finally caught. Sounds a bit like the movie The Hunger Games. Well, this is the exact science in which they know your location, and with a helicopter, swoop down, land on, on your property, and hand you your winnings. It's even got chocolate and money involved. I mean, what's not to like about that? Why are these big brother corporations, why, no, this is why these big brother corporations know it will work. See, they're trying to make this whole concept of being tracked, caught, they're trying to make that acceptable. And they're doing it in a not so subtle way through these types of ad campaigns. So this will become like normal, a normal way of our thinking. Now it shows, I think during the actual ad campaign, they've got guys that are dressed up as, like high-level SWAT guys with the Nazi helmets on, dressed totally in black, flak jackets, the whole nine yards. These are the ones that actually bring you your winnings. And they've got four different types of uh, Nestle bars in, uh, I guess this is in Europe, that they're, they're doing this in the UK. Kit Kat, Aero Bar, Yorkie, and Kit Kat Chunky. We don't have some of those over here, um, so I'm not familiar with all those. The Kit Kat firm from Nestle... Which Nestle, you know, is a very wicked, evil corporation. Uh, they're doing a ton right now to pressure uh, the um, in that Proposition 37 that we will talk a little bit about today in California. They have spent Nestle, Monsanto, probably the most wicked, evil com company on the planet, and a lot of other companies have spent millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to prevent the GMO labeling of foods. They do not want you to know when you're eating GMO foods. It's going to, they, they want to kill us with these GMOs, and we're going to look at that later. And it's imperative that we don't know what we're eating. And Nestle is right there at the spear tip with Monsanto and a lot of other large companies 
to make sure you don't know. Nestle also worked with um, the company that Pepsi Pepsi was working with, Seminex, which literally was a using aborted fetal cell lines, aborted babies, um, that um, with their flavor enhancing technology. Now we've covered that in times past, uh, months ago, where Pepsi was using was in league with Seminex. And um, they've tried to do some damage control about that. But these are wicked, evil, satanic companies. Nestle, Pepsi, Monsanto. Most of any of the big companies at that level are wicked and evil. Just some are a little bit more overt. So, uh, the Kit Kat firm from Nestle hides chips in six bars so that they can track you down and hand over a briefcase full of cash. Tracking devices are activated when you open the wrapper. Then, a team of commandos are dispatched to your exact location. This campaign is being launched in the UK. To promote the campaign, Nestle has put up around 3,000 posters and produced TV ads. The the television ad even says that they will scramble a crack team of highly trained individuals to locate the owner of the Lucky Chocolate. Wow, sounds like conditioning of the masses and practice to me. And it shows, during the commercial, it literally shows the SWAT team with, these, with the Nazi commando helmets, flak jackets, the whole nine yards, tracking this guy down and um, giving him his, his box of cash. So I'm going to go ahead and, and roll the uh, video here. It's not very long. Nestle, we will find you. In the very near future, someone somewhere will purchase a chocolate bar. The bar will be equipped with a GPS signaling device. When activated, it will beam a signal into space, bounce off a satellite, and return to Earth. This will alert a secret control room who will scramble a crack team of highly trained individuals. They will board a helicopter, find the special bar, and give the owner 10,000 pounds. Dirty scream. Find a special GPS bar at Kit Kat Arrow or Yorkie and we will find you with 10,000 pounds. So isn't that special? Isn't that special? So uh, one comment about the video said, I did some research on the Nestle company and I wasn't surprised when I found out that the chairman and the former CEO, Peter Brabeck Leithmatine, this was... um, could be found on the list of attendees at the Bilderberger meetings. So Bilderberger, you're dealing with some of the highest level Illuminati people on the planet. So, um, yeah, this is one of the things that they're doing right now. Now, on to the next article here, which is kind of segueing into a similar uh, thing. We've got Sweden, which aims to to be a cashless society. Uh, with just 3% of all financial transactions involving cash, only 3% of people in Sweden are paying with cash. That, to me, is incomprehensible, but the country moves to eliminate the physical legal tender. See, as they can brainwash more and more people into not using cash, when they get to that critical mass element of 2 to 3%, then they say, okay, now we can totally shift over. Because 2 to 3% can't tell the 97% what to do. This is why it's very important that we resist and, and don't pay for things with, I mean, as much as you can. Uh, understand that the only thing I will use is like a debit card. That's it. I do not use credit cards because I don't want to go in debt to the actual credit card company. I don't want to spend money that's not mine, which is what a credit card essentially is. Debit cards, it's your money on there. And I only use them when I absolutely 100% have to. 
I don't use them in any other particular case unless I absolutely have any kind of transaction where I'm out and about. I do not use them. Cash, it's, number one, you're not creating a paper trail, which is good because of the tracking purposes. Number two, you're resisting. Now, I understand you're dealing with fiat money. There's nothing backing it. And, you know, I understand it's wicked from that standpoint. But to go to a totally digital currency, this is where we're going to get into the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast, you know, obviously when you get to that point, it's all going to be coming out of your bank account and these types of things, and there's going to be um, no cash involved in any of that. It's going to be waving your your right hand or passing your forehead over a scanner, and that's how they're going to actually debit your account. So when you use cash or if you, or if you can um, barter or trade or use gold and silver in transactions, you're resisting that system, okay? So, they're, they're actually moving to eliminate all physical legal tender. One of the most important barometers, which will alert Christians as to how close the world is being to being able to fulfill Revelation 13, 16 through 18, which is the verses we just read uh, about the mark of the beast, is the elimination of all cash. That's one of the, that's one of the most important barometers when we get to the point where all cash transactions are eliminated. For centuries, Bible scholars have agreed that the only way this mark of the beast prophecy can be fulfilled is if all cash and, you know, basically silver, gold, those types of transactions be eliminated. And again, um, they we give the verse, again, I'm not going to reread it, but it's the one about um, taking the mark of the beast. Therefore, one of the signs of the times foretelling the close, closeness of the appearance of the Antichrist is the implementation of a cashless society throughout the world. The report reads, in the past 100 years, only the, quote, old folk have resisted the march of technology. In Sweden, only grandma insists upon paying in cash now. That's because grandma is still got her smarts and her wits about her. Um, but with the advent of the handheld electronic transaction reader, it will wipe out the last remaining resistance to cashless purchases, even for inexpensive items like produce at a local stand, coffee, and the paper. I mean, I see people more and more and more, they pay, they're using their, their uh, credit cards or their bank cards or whatever they're using for smaller and smaller transactions. And I'm like, man, that's exactly what they want you to do. They're going to get you to the point where you want it. You're going to use it for everything, and they're tracking every one of your purchases. I mean, they're doing that with the smartphones. They're doing that now with the um, uh, the uh, smart meters on your house, which can literally track. And particularly if your appliances are any newer appliances, they can monitor you, your energy usage. They can monitor. I mean, they can track you through your computers. Uh, they could track you through the, the um, obviously through the uh, cameras on your phone. Your phone can literally be off, and they could still be listening to everything that you're saying. The only way to combat that would be, well, if you wrap your phone in aluminum foil, double, triple wrap it in aluminum foil. But you would really, ultimately, if you wanted to, to go the, the extra effort, you would take the battery out and do that. Because they could track you so many different ways now. I mean, your phone, your Many of the cars now, they've got all this built-in uh, GPS on-store technology, on-star technology, where they can listen to you and do it. There's so many different ways, and it's all by design. And this is just one more way they're implementing to do that. So going further here, um, 
Okay, so it, uh, by October, the Dansk Bank in Stockholm will be entirely cash-free. Now, I have never read that line before ever in any of my studies. By October, which we're in now, the Danks Bank, the Danks Bank in Stockholm, Sweden will be entirely cash free. I don't know how they could possibly do that, but so we're we're right on the cusp here. Once Sweden successfully implements a cashless economic system, the rush will be on for all nations in the world to follow suit like dominoes. So this is a big deal. Already enthusiasm for a cashless economy has gone global. The move towards a cashless society is driven by technology and becoming a global phenomenon. All this totally proves the word of God is absolutely 100% correct and accurate. Because that's what the Bible said. This is all confirming exactly what the technology would have to have in order to implement the mark of the beast. Uh, Mark this event on your mental checklist. The world's economies are rushing into the cashless system required by the mark of the beast prophecy. Next article. Uh, Warning, do not buy this Walmart product. I don't recommend you buy anything at Walmart. They're evil, like the devil. Sorry, but that's true. And again, this product is not just sold at Walmart, but the article was written... And this is just one of the many evil things Walmart sells, or China Mart, I should say. Walmart, and there's a little logo here, always evil, which and it has a little demonic smiley face guy on it. I, I think they should really adopt this as their true logo because it really represents what they are all about. And it's the nursery purified water, uh, steam distilled with added fluoride to make sure that you're, um, you're destroying your baby's brains and you're setting it up for, you know, bone cancer and making sure that it's going to have the lowest IQ possible, as we're going to be discussing. And it's, um, you can mix it with formula, juice, and cereal. And since 1948, nursery purified water with added fluoride, with added poison in it. Rat poison, which is one of the main ingredients in rat poison in a lot of the uh, countries. And so... It's not bad enough that they're poisoning and dumbing down Americans throughout our whole country by adding fluoride to roughly 70% of the county's tap water. Now I just found out from a friend who sent me these pictures he had taken while at a Walmart store. Walmart is doing their part in poisoning infants. Parents are targeted to purchase this product by putting an infant on the bottled water jugs, touting it as fluoride like it's a good thing. Now another thing you're getting in here is because these are really cheap they use a really cheap grade of plastic, which is true for just about any kind of bottled liquid that you're going to buy. You're going to get a nice big hefty dose of BPA in it as well, which is the endocrine hormonal cancer-causing, gender-bending uh, thing that leaches from the cheap plastics. And so you're going to get that in here too. Fluoride, and not only that, though it's, it's bad. It, it, there's probably a whole plethora of things I could do as teaching on this one product about. So, parents are targeted to purchase this product by putting an infant on the bottled water jugs, flouting, touting it as fluoride is like it's a good thing, especially knowing what I know about how fluoride and its detrimental on body and mind, this is just unbelievable. Hitler gave the prisoners in his concentration camps fluoridated water, heavily fluoridated water. His Nazi scientists, just as brilliant as they were evil, found out it targets a part of the brain that makes people docile. 
and easy to control, like a medicated zombie, if you will. This is why I believe there wasn't more, probably, resistance in the concentration camps, and why they, so much of the time, went like sheep to the slaughter. I mean, they were totally medicated on this poison, sodium fluoride. They were starved, they were dehydrated, they were beaten down. I mean, they had just, they had the will to live and survive, just stripped from them bare. And, you know, Satan's good at what he does. So, this was, this was fluoride's humble beginnings in the Nazi concentration camp. So, I mean, that should give us a big old thumbs up on, you know, putting it in the water right now, shouldn't it? Putting it in the toothpaste and a, a myriad of other things they're putting it in, as we will be looking at here. Here's an excerpt from an article telling how the use of fluoride in drinking water originated. At the end of World War II, the U.S. government sent Charles Elliott Perkins, a research worker in chemistry, biochemistry, physiology, and pathology, to take charge of the vast IG Farben chemical plants in Germany. Remember I mentioned IG Farben earlier? And they were the same company, they were the same chemical conglomerate that came to people like the Rockefellers after World War II and said, hey, listen, you know, we really want to get into, um, actually even before World War II, but we really want to get into sponsoring uh, and, and educating the MDs in your country, particularly in America. And we're going to um, give you all kinds of money. And we want you to go to the heads of the colleges throughout America and we want you to offer them this big suitcase full of money for their colleges. And what we'll say, there's only like a couple catches if you want to take this money. Now at the time, the medical colleges in America were kind of in shambles. And they were nothing like they were today. I believe it was something like 95 plus percent took the money from the Rockefeller representatives who represented IG Farben. And they just asked, you know, two or three different things. They wanted to be able to help them design curriculum that um, were drug-based. Everything that the MDs at that point started learning had a pharmaceutical, a chemical. Remember, IG Farben was a chemical company. A chemical product. That's all pharmaceuticals are. They're chemicals. Okay. From that point forward, as the M, as the medical curriculum changed, everything had started to have a um, pharmaceutical protocol. Every disease had a pharmaceutical treatment, not a natural treatment. Not like you know, okay, you get scurvy, you give them vitamin C, or you know, berry berry, you give them a particular B vitamin, that type. No, they all adopted pharmaceutical treatment protocols, and they said we, we just want to have like two or three people on the board of each college. And we want to. We're going to update all the all the colleges. We're going to, and then they got into the hospitals too. We're going to update the hospitals, and we're going to give you all this money, and we're going to help you design curriculum. And and that, I mean, if the Bible says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, the foundation of the MD's training then became totally pharmaceutically motivated, and then surgically motivated when the pharmaceuticals could no longer suppress symptoms anymore, then they became surgical candidates, all by design. None of it to produce actual real health in the body. All of it to treat symptoms and to bring the patient under their control. 
a lifetime of control. Because if you're addicted to a medication, you're under their control. Now, here's another thing I didn't bring up the other day about, remember when we had talked about that scenario of the inner cities and all of the different various factions of gangs and, and, and flash mobs that are going to form? And I didn't even get into the whole Muslim sleeper cell protocols that I talked about last week. And there was a lot of different things I didn't even mention about, okay, what if you add natural disasters? What if you add a pandemic into this scenario? Okay, what about all the people that aren't going to be able to get their meds? Uh-oh, spaghetti-o. That could get ugly. Because what about all of them that can't get their meds anymore? And what if they're on, like, meds that are, like, for psychotropic meds, like Prozac? Do you know that Prozac is 60%... Fluoride? That's its main ingredient. Fluoride. A lot of those psychotropic meds, in fact, the majority of them have fluoride as one of their main ingredients. Why? Because they're trying to kill you. They're trying to create a docile, dumbed-down population. The same thing they were doing in the Nazi concentration camps. And they're all addictive. Your body builds dependency on these drugs, just like a drug addict would. What's going to happen then? When people can't get access to their meds. Had a lady the other day email me about that. Said that she went to a Walmart in um, Sparta, Tennessee, I believe. And, and they were like out of one or two different things. And they said, we didn't know we were going to get in. We've never seen anything like it. What about when all that happens? Now, you have to look back at society, you know, uh, last, before the last, whatever, the modern day advent of pharmaceuticals. You know, people didn't have pharmaceuticals to rely on. You know, they, they didn't, they weren't trying to drug their body into good health. That concept wasn't even there. But now you've got masses and millions of people addicted to, I mean, multiple different meds. A lot of them are painkillers, which really produce some horrific side effects as well. All of them produce liver toxicity and damage and kidney damage. And they're all habit-forming. Your body will... See, what drugs do is when you go in and you give your body a drug. What's the best example I could probably give you? Well, let's say insulin. Okay? When you give yourself insulin, your body will shut down its own production of insulin. Why? Because when you inject insulin into the body, it creates what they call a negative feedback loop. Meaning your body, which is a very smart computer, says, wow, I'm getting all the insulin I need. I guess my pancreas doesn't need to produce it anymore. So it will start producing less and less and less insulin to compensate. It's like that for virtually every drug. That's why they all tend to be addictive in habit forming. Because the body, the function that your body was trying to perform, when you take the drug that's literally performing the function, the body says, well, I'm not going to need to produce whatever that substance was. So you've got all these people... America's probably the worst, that are addicted to all these different medications that overnight they may not be able to have access to. Now, do you think that's going to be a tremendous motivator for a lot of people? And then they can say, well, bless God, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah, okay, you, you don't have meds anymore. You don't have food anymore. You don't have water anymore. Um, are you going to play ball with Big Brother now? Because he can give you those things, but, you know... <laughs> There's a little uh, sacrifice you're going to have to make here. You know, you better be a good little Nazi and do whatever we tell you to do. That's the way it's going to go down. Guaranteed. 
And they're going to they're going to wait until the world's real desperate before they I believe they come back with the ultimate solution where okay we're going to make everything good now again but you're going to you know there's going to be a lot of hard times before that even happens because Satan's going to try to milk this thing for all it's worth when things really go down and when things go hot that's the way I see it working out I mean I haven't been to an MD and I can't even tell you how long in any way shape or form. I don't need them. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that because I think I'm better, but I'm just saying, I mean, you cannot drug your body. And then you have the whole vaccine industry. How evil is that? We're going to talk about that as well. Just saying, um, if you're on these meds, you need to go up on the internet and research, you know, how to, you know, wean yourself off these particular drugs. It can be done. I, that's what I did for a living. For almost, well, I'm still doing it in a way, but I just can't see patients anymore because I, I don't have time. But I mean, that's what I did through clinical nutrition. I helped people get off medications. Got my grandma off. She was on 12 meds. We got her off 11 out of the 12 in a three-month period. And I'm talking, she was on injectable insulin. She was on glucophage, really heavy-duty diabetic drugs. We got her off injectable insulin. In less than a three-month period, you wean off and you implement specific nutritional whole food products at the same time you're trying to wean off a particular drug. If you're going to try that, that's how you do it. You don't come off any drug cold turkey. That's insane. You know, and, and that's the only sensible, reasonable way to do it. Now, I'm not saying God can't wave, you know, get you off something like instantly, but it's not the norm, obviously. But it can be done. Got her off all her heart meds. I think the only thing we couldn't get her off is a water pill, and that's because that was like, at the time I didn't have a product that would compensate for it. And then I found one that did that. So it was, you know, it can be done. The problem is with alternative medicine is so many of the people that are involved in it are new age. And so you go in there and, you know, you get the, all the new age garbage. And, you know, that's what makes it hard. But you can go up on the internet and research these things. How to wean off whatever medication. Okay? And there's probably all kind of testimonials up there saying, I did it this way. I did it this way. You know? You implement good nutrition. You know, good water. Uh, detoxification protocols. And, and specific things, and you can, you'd be amazed what your body can do. <laughs> I mean, your body was not meant to function on 20 different meds, or 10 different meds, or 3 different, it wasn't meant to be dependent on that. That's not the way God intended things to be. It'd be like, well, it'd be like if a drug, drug, drug addict was saying, well, I have to rely on my heroin and my cocaine in order to maintain optimal health. It's basically the same thing. Because these are chemicals. And you go all the way back to IG Farben. Which was the one of the main, main reasons Hitler was able to come into power. They were, if not the main backer of Hitler. The money behind Hitler. Hitler was like a failed house painter. Okay? And all of a sudden this guy rises to a sentence. He has all this money behind him. And all, listen, he had a ton of of very powerful organizations behind him. He didn't do this on his own because he was so wonderful and charismatic. Okay? 
Yes, the guy was demon possessed of the toenails, but he was their he was their guy. I.G. Farben was the main driving force, financial force behind Hitler. And then you have Bear and T.D.K. and B.A.S.F., which were integrally re- linked with I.G. Farben as well. Bear is of the Bear Aspirin fame, the one that put out the Factor Eight that was uh, the Factor Eight for the hemophiliacs that was tainted with HIV, infected all these people with HIV. There, we're talking an evil, evil pharmaceutical company. TDK and BASF. You've probably heard of those companies. These are all companies that spawned or were related to IG Farben. IG Farben, the main company that went and was the funding behind our modern day medical colleges and, and also hospitals. And the reason why things got so messed up from a pharmacological standpoint in this country. You can thank IG Farben. So let's go back to the main article here. Um, the German... Okay, so... Let me just read the first line. At the end of World War II, the U.S. government sent Charles Elliot Perkins, a research worker in chemistry, biochemistry, physiology, and pathology, to take charge of the vast IG Farben chemical plants in Germany. The German chemists told Perkins of a scheme which they had devised during the war that had been adopted by German general, the German general staff. The the German chemists explain of their attempt to control the population in any given area through mass medication of drinking water with sodium fluoride, a tactic used in German and Russian prisoner camps of war to make prisoners stupid, quote, stupid and docile. Okay, this is, this is why fluoride was developed, to make us stupid and docile. Farben had developed plans during the war to fluoridate the water of the occupied countries because it found that fluoridation caused slight damage to a specific part of the brain, making it more difficult for the person affected to defend his freedom and causing the individual to become more docile towards authority. You look at all the sheep around us and why they've lost their will to fight and all they might care about is either sports and or gossip or soap operas or whatever they're into. Well, this is, this is a big reason why. It makes it more difficult for the person to defend its freedom and cause an individual to become more docile toward authority. It burns out the lower brain lobes in your brain, which controls your will to resist. Fluoride remains one of the strongest antidepressive substances known. That's why they put it in Prozac and all these other drugs, which, you know, makes your risk of suicide go through the roof when you're in Prozac. And is contained in 25% of major tranquilizers. I think that's very conservative, 25%. But anyway, it may not seem surprising that Hitler's regime practiced the concept of mind control through chemical means. But the American military continued the Nazi research. Well, why wouldn't we? We brought over as many of their scientists in various areas as possible after World War II. That's, that's That's no mystery. That's no... Big secret, Project Paperclip. They admitted to it. Rocket, the German rocket scientists had a lot to do with us perfecting the um, nuclear bombs after World War II. We brought over a lot of the scientists that were working in the concentration camps. Uh, I mean, we're talking guys that were, I mean, beyond evil. And we let them continue the research here. And they're still doing it. I mean, maybe not the same guys, a lot of them are long since gone, but they've continued that research along the way. 
Okay, so it may not seem surprising that Hitler's regime practiced the concept of mind control through chemical means, but the American military continued Nazi research exploring techniques to incapacitate an enemy or medicate an entire nation. You see where this all stemmed from? See why they've been doing this? As stated in the Rockefeller Report, a presidential briefing on CIA activities, quote, the drug program was a was part of a much larger CIA program to study possible means of controlling human behavior. This is what they want to do. It's all part of a New World Order takeover. I've been wondering why we don't have more outrage in this country when the, with the bankers raping and destroying this country at an alarming pace. Obama signing unconstitutional executive orders like he was signing autographs. Everyone just wants to believe everything will be okay and those in charge will straighten everything out. Not a chance in Hades. I'm guessing if they didn't fluoridate our drinking water and add, and add it to most beverages and, and some food and even salt, that we wouldn't see bankers dangling their nooses on street, street lampposts. Uh, we wouldn't see bankers dangling on... In other words, we would be hanging the bankers. And then he brought up something here. Fluoridate the salt. Of course, just like they did at the German concentration camps. Evidently, they fluoridated the salt. It's reinforced so strictly in some countries that it's illegal to produce salt without fluoride. So there's another way they're getting some countries that don't fluoridate the water. They're fluoridating the salt heavily. In several major European countries, India and Japan, salt fluoridation is routine. In spite of its known toxicity, many countries are now requiring that salt be fluoridated, and most of the others are not far behind. If you think that fluoride in, in the water is a problem, then you better start looking at your salt. In many places in Europe and South America, salt is fluoridated, and there's a link here that you can click on if you want to explore that further. These elitists are everywhere in, instigating this perversion of natural life with all corporate and local industrial American-influenced backing, I might add. Now, here's a couple pictures here. It shows a picture of Hitler and one of the Nazi propaganda things where a little girl is looking up to, like, Hitler, it looks like. And it says, fluoride. Nazi Germany used water fluoridation in concentration camps to sterilize, it also sterilizes you, which, they're really killing two birds with one stone. They're making you, they're destroying your brain, they're sterilizing you, and they're killing you a whole lot quicker because of the detrimental effects. So it's really the ultimate tool. Florida is like the ultimate um, poison that they could give us to create the type of society that can be easily controlled and annihilated and steered in whatever direction they want to steer us. Fluoridation is the ultimate drug for that because it... it accomplishes so many evil demonic things all in one fell swoop. Okay? So Nazi Germany used water fluoridation and concentration camps to sterilize the humans and force them into calm submission. Um, and then I there's a <laughs> there's a cartoon ad, original cartoon ad of from Alcoa, which fluoride comes the sodium fluoride in the in the uh fluorosilic uh, acid um, comes from a, a variety of different sources. And the original one that it, it particularly came from near the beginning was the aluminum industry. Not saying it still doesn't come from that, but it was a chief waste, toxic waste byproduct of the aluminum industry. It's also a chief waste byproduct of the phosphate industry. And there's other industries that produce it. And they got to get rid of it some way, and they, and they can't, they don't want to dispose of it, they want to feed it to us. So they don't want to dump it into the waterways or the, the it just, it's, 
they don't want to do that, but they want to give it to us. And they've done a really good uh, job of that. And here's an old ad from Alcoa, and it says, Fluoridate your water with confidence. Use high-purity Alcoa sodium fluoride. High-purity. High-purity Alcoa sodium fluoride rat poison is what it should be saying, because that's what it is. It's the main ingredient in many rat poisons. Um, A brief history of fluoride. In 1945... A local water treatment facility began to add sodium fluoride to our water supply. The first thing you should know is that sodium fluoride they put in our water is not a pharmaceutical-grade additive. Sodium fluoride is an industrial waste byproduct from the aluminum manufacturing industry. Now, again, that's one source. As aluminum production increased in the first half of the 20th century, it became necessary to find somewhere to put this deadly, caustic, toxic fluoride. Manufacturers could no longer get away with dumping it into rivers or landfills because it was poisoning crops and killing livestock and aquatic life. In other words, it was just way too obvious. So Francis Frary, the chief scientist for Alcoa, the aluminum company, had an idea. He commissioned Gerald Fox at the Mellon Institute, uh, Mellon, one of the, you know, Illuminati globalist guys, to conduct research regarding the benefits of adding fluoride to the water supply. This is how it all got into our water supply, okay? The Mellon Institute was frequently hired by big businesses to produce research that supported their industries, and for several decades they produced research showing that asbestos was safe and did not cause cancer. So in other words, they're just Satan, and they're telling you exactly what they want to hear because they got tons of money and they're going to lie to you and they want to kill you. They also produced reports assuring everyone that fluoride was not toxic and would be beneficial to add to our drinking water and toothpaste for healthy teeth. Another, even though it causes dental fluorosis, which actually, you know, is bone, it's too softening, it, it discolors your teeth, it makes them basically, um, <laughs> it, it makes them, it, it makes them basically rot out of your head if you, if you get enough fluoride in your body causes bone softening, bone weakening. It does the exact opposite of what it supposedly is purported to do, in other words. Another proponent of the safety of a fluoride, I mean, I'm sorry, but for a dentist, you know, I'm sorry, but that's, you know, they're recommending fluoridated toothpaste, you know, fluoridated water, using mercury fillings in the tea. I mean, you can't, (laughs) we're talking, they're, they're, they're trying, they're killing you from multiple different levels. A modern-day dentist in America, the, the typical ones. I'm not talking about the dentists that use like composite fillings and the ones that are trying to do it the right way, but most aren't obviously in that boat. So, um, going further, um, another proponent of the safety of fluoride at the time was scientist Harold Hodge, who was later revealed to have been part of the human radiation experiment which was injecting test subjects with plutonium and uranium in 1945 and 1946. So he's another fun guy, Harold Hodge, and he was also a big proponent of fluoride, and he was only injecting people with plutonium and uranium. I mean, you know, what's not to like about that? Uh, This was documented by the Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter Eileen Wilson in the Plutonium Files, and there's a link to that if you'd like to explore that further. Hodge was also the chief toxicologist of the Manhattan Project, and fluoride was a key component of the production of the atom bomb. Well, isn't that special? I mean, they're using this stuff for all kinds of wonderful purposes. His studies were conducted with a bias toward proving fluoride safe, which would protect the government and industry from lawsuits. Isn't that special? 
Back to Walmart. It is so evil that they are selling products that are overtly poisonous. Fluoride is one of the biggest con jobs in history. It causes bone cancer, autism, lowers the IQ, weakens the bones, and causes dental fluorosis, just to name a few conditions. And I, I talked about the whole, you know, what it does to your brain. Thank you, Walmart, you traitor. In case you haven't heard of the GMO nightmare, click here. And again, there's, we're going to get into that a little bit further. Um, now, I better go ahead and... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and close out part one here. And we'll go to part two next and kind of continue the subject. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line 450, Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.